And that's the fear of that. You can't escape. That's the that's the story of a lot of those seventies horror movies. You want to you want to keep away from that from the witches of Rosemary's Baby. Don't eat the chocolate mousse. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's the bottom line. If if your neighbor is it offers you chocolate mousse and you live in New York City, yeah, just say no. Just say no. Mm-hmm. You know, this is survival. <laughs> this is, no, this is what we're talking about horror movie survival guide tips. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the the final final girl. Hi guys, welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Terry, and this is Julia, as ever. Yay! And we have a very special guest on this week. I'm so excited about this because you know, Julia, I'm very into witchy witchy things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you might be too a little bit, and so I feel like our fans are going to be very into this as well. We have the amazing Heather Green. She is a film and witch scholar. She works as a freelance editor, writer, and journalist out of Atlanta, Georgia. Her work has been published at Religious News Service, Religion Unplugged, The Washington Post, Theos.com, Circle Magazine, and the Parliament of the World Religions Online Magazine. Um, she's also written for one of our favorite places, Julia, Turner Classic Movies. Yes. Uh, like goodness, our one of our dream jobs. Um, Saddleback SEO, Cybex Publications, and Liberty Lady Liberty League, to name a few. Her first book, Bell, Book, and Camera, a critical history of witches in American film and television, was released in spring of 2018. And she has since revised it and updated this wonderful tome, um, which is now out for all of you to buy and read um, with the new spiffy title, Lights, Camera, Witchcraft, um, a critical history of witches in American film and television. And for you serious witch scholars out there, which I'm sure there are many of you, this book looks back at how we have interacted as a culture with witches and pagan imagery from the early motion pictures era to the present day welcome today heather green to talk about witches and things yay thank you um what uh introduction i'm impressed (laughs) it always sounds good when you're here (laughs) yeah man (laughs) you are an accomplished lady i i i wow thank you thank you very much um i i'm happy to be here and be chatting with this subject it's one of my favorites well, we're so glad because, you know, not only uh, Terry and I are also uh, bookworms as well as film lovers. So whenever the two two worlds collide, I always get very excited that I get to read and uh, talk about film at the same time. So let's rewind it to the beginning uh, and how you got interested uh, in witches in the first place. Um, well, you know, it it it, it 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 happened just like a lot of people that practice modern witchcraft. Um, would explain it was my interest in astrology and tarot and in the occult in general in college. Um, and so I started to become curious about it um, through literature, through art, through science, and then started um, delving into the occult um, at that point. Um, and that's that's a kind of a typical story. And then it just went from there, um, just continued to study, continued to 
learn and all of the diverse practices out there. And it eventually turned into my study, a career, um, and, and a passion. Was your family really into the occult or witchy kind of stuff or any of not that? Not really. Um, not at all. Uh, I think I grew up what I, what I say is Jewish. Um, mm-hmm. So my family is I grew up around my Jewish family, but I come from an interfaith background, um, not very secular background. So they were not uh, against it um, at all. Um, I always joke about the first um, witchcraft book I bought. Um, I was working in New York City and living at home, and I just showed up on my parents' couch and opened it up, and they never said a single word. They were very progressive. So they weren't into it, but they weren't against it either. They didn't stop me. That's lucky. (laughs) But it's also nice that you're able to turn something that you have a passion for into a career because, I mean, there is probably not a lot of people who are filling the specific niche that you're filling academically. And that's true. Um, And that's one of the reasons I wanted to write this book. And my first inkling was to do this as a PhD project years ago, but I'm glad I waited, honestly, Um, because writing about witchcraft films as someone who has been in witchcraft rituals, who's someone who has been exposed or and been involved in the witchcraft community um, is very different. Um, you're not a tourist, so to speak, you know? And so there's nuances that I could recognize more easily than someone who is just studying it as an academic. So yeah, so there's a niche there as well as my journalism, writing as a journalist from um, about the pagan community, about witchcraft, from the perspective of one someone who's practiced does fill a niche. And I'm not the only one out there. I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, some kind of <laughs> superhero or something. There are many others doing this work as well. So you talked to us about you. The you said you know you have other journalism experience as well, and like how that influences what you're doing with um, the more witchcraft topic. Um, yeah. So um, basically, I got involved. I started out um, professionally in advertising and okay. um, and in 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 public relations, and eventually over time, I started you know freelance writing. Um, and so more recently, over the last 10, 12 years, I've been doing specifically specifically journalism, um, news writing um, for uh, about paganism, about witchcraft, uh, modern witchcraft practice worldwide, um, and a number of things. Um, so that sort of just, I don't want to say it dropped in my lap, but it's something that um, sort of, it, it it merged my interests, my personal interests merged with my professional interests. That's amazing. That's best. Yeah, that's yeah, like right? literally you're living the dream. That's the dream. Right. Um, so um, you said it fell in up, but what was like the, I guess the impetus or the first kind of toe dipping into marrying these worlds of you know your paganism and 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 witchcraft into um, this journalism like sector? How did that all start? Um, well, I started um, as a freelance writer uh, while I was I had small kids, so I was doing a little bit of freelance writing here and there for a bunch of years in between, feeding babies and <laughs> watching Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I started doing some pro bono work for local um, 
pagan organizations, helping them with PR, media relations, Lady Liberty League in particular. Um, that's a civil rights organization specifically for um, pagans and nature-based religions. Oh, wow. So, cool. yeah, so it's kind of like um, the ADL or, or uh, ACLU for pagans specifically. Oh. Anyway, so I started doing some media consulting for them and media relations for them. And then I started uh, work, and then I started doing uh, um, journalism for a um, what started out as a blog, but became a news journal f specifically aimed at um, the pagan community for the pagan community. Mm -hmm. um, and that was called The Wild Hunt. It's still around. I'm no longer working with them. Um, they, I was the managing editor there and owner for a number of years, but oh, I, I since retired, so to speak from it, or <laughs> I, you know, I handed it off to a bunch of other wonderful people who are doing that job now. Um, so that's sort of how it, it, it sort of just, just rolled in that direction. Are there any trends you noticed over that time or your tenure there of like, I don't know, um, how people now interact with paganism in the world, you know, just in general. I know we're talking a little bit more about the the um, film and television aspect in just a moment. I'm just curious about like what that looked like and what your kind of work looked like with that. Sure. Um, yeah. Over the last 20 years, I would say, and let's say since 2000, let's just give it a date. Mm -hmm. There has been a, a, a serious shift in the way our general culture um, interacts with paganism it's since since that period of time it's been recognized as a religion um in many of the different uh, many of the different religions or practices under that that define as paganism have been recognized in a number of different ways not just legally so there's been a, a definite ex more increasing acceptance of it um from that perspective and there's also in the past i would say 10 or eight, 10 years, there's been an increasing interest in the practice of witchcraft specifically. Um, so we haven't, we have, I mean, this is statistically, there's been an increase in uh, tarot practice and occult practices and astrology and all of these various things. We also see an increase in interest in folk practices, things like hoodoo or things like Celtic folk magic or um, Appalachian folk magic. So we're seeing an increase in the interest in these. I've also seen a diversification of how magic is practiced, which is a beautiful thing, which we also see in film. Um, just a, uh, it's no longer just Wicca, like it, like it seemed to be back in the nineties. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I've seen in the past 20 years. And that's what I've seen as a, as a, as a journalist um, diving in and talking to people. And how much of those people coming into learning the practice come in, do you think, through the media, through film and TV? You know, that's a really excellent question. Um, I, <laughs> I, would, I would say a good portion. Um, what that number is specifically, scientifically, I don't know. But a lot of people who um, are looking for something else, who are looking for that type of practice, um, are first exposed to it through whether it's books, you know, um, mm -hmm. or, or film or, um, television even, um, I think a good portion of it are because there's a lot of people who still do not know about it. There's a large, large portion of the country and world who are not aware that this was a modern practice. I 
first explored it or I first realized that it was a modern practice. This was a witchcraft is real. What? (laughs) I first I first experienced that when I ran into someone by accident who happened to say, you know, I'm a witch. That happens as well. So, you know, how much was your of your mind is- blown when they said yeah. that? <laughs> I was totally blown. And well, what people really do this, huh? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and so I think that's that's a portion of it. That's definitely a portion of it. But, um, you know, you could say definitely in the 90s, you can point to movies like The Craft and um, Practical Magic that that definitely inspired people. But today, I think a lot of it is less movies. I would if I was to wager and more social media, but mm. it's still media. Mm-hmm. It's still media. Right. right. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Like the witch, t- witch TikTok and things like that. I feel like it's witch been... talk. Witch, witch talk. talk. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, a total witch talk. movement, right? Yeah. It oh my is. Gosh. Yeah. There's it lots is. of people who do tarot readings and they do, you know, teaching you spells and how to manifest stuff like that's, it's definitely a, a big thing on TikTok, honestly. Yeah, it is. And it it was like that on Tumblr before that. So social media has been a big boon for uh, the practices. And and not everybody who dabbles in it through, not everybody who's exposed to it, you know, lasts. They touch on it, they enjoy it, and then they move on, which is normal. Um, But I think think social media probably would um, be the biggest exposure. And then probably after that, you would say things like, um, you know, television and movies. Interesting. Can, can I ask a, an adjacent question since we are a, a movie a podcast about horror movies? What is your relationship to horror film? Are, is that something that you were have ever been into? Um, just horror film in general? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to be honest. I, I um, was absolutely terrified of, of all things horror as a child. Um, okay. I That's saw a lot of us were. It's okay. Yeah. There's no shame in that. That's I was right. one of those people too. There, it's okay, Heather. There is no shame in it. I, I, no. I, uh, Do you remember I, the one that first scared you? Um, there was a movie called The Spiral Staircase, and it's an old movie, and I still have not seen it since, and I've never even looked for it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> not, not for any reason other than I'm busy, but um, uh, that I remember being really scared by it. I think the Wicked Witch of the West also was frightening for me, even oh, yeah. though I love the movie and it's my favorite movie. Uh-huh. I think there were pieces, and I, I, I didn't, I would not watch horror movies at all until, and there's, there's an until, uh, 1992 when The Silence of the Lambs came out. Okay, I what? went to the theater to see The Silence of the Lambs, and I'm like, I did it. This and the movie is probably one of the best films Amer- in in American Hollywood history. It's a brilliant movie. Um, I won the Academy Award that year, mm-hmm. um, and so that sort of started changing my perspective. And so I stuck with the thrillers for a while. I really got you know loved that that type of horror. Um, but it really wasn't until I started writing this book that I got into other forms of horror. <laughs> The real slasher stuff. Um, yeah. What yes. about Silence of the Lambs? Like, what resonated with you so much? Um, it was filmed the the way it was filmed was brilliant. Um, it, it wasn't the the story was great. It, it was told it was told in a very solid way. Um, but if you watch the camera throughout, uh, the director doesn't stop the camera, um, which is extremely. Um, 
difficult for a, a an audience member. It's difficult for the person to watch that without creating tension. So mm -hmm. he was able to use the actual camera movements to create more tension and suspense than was just told in the story. And that's brilliant filmmaking. That's yeah. the way it should be. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I think horror is such an interesting genre filmmaking wise, because all of it hinges so much on things like that. How is the camera positioned? How is the camera moving? How is the lighting? What is the sound design? Yeah. There's so much that makes it. And you, if you take one of those elements out, it generally will kind of deflate the rest of it. It's all like this building upon uh, things to make it the genre that it is. Yep. And, and yeah, storytelling in film is more than just the plot. Um, it's more than just the narrative. It has to be told well. And that's all those elements you just spoke about. And Silence of the Lambs was one of those that did. And But horror for me has become, I, I've come in the past hmm, 10 years to appreciate horror's role um, because I think it's one of the most important genres we have because it really speaks to our, our social fears and uh, the the horrors of our own society that we're trying to deal with mm -hmm. um, as well as personal ones. So it really is a very interesting genre and it's really very important and people brush it off going, Oh, you know, it's just Freddy Krueger. Who cares? It's just Chucky. <laughs> well, there's, there's more to it than that. I mean, I would say that about any film genre, but yet horror I've, I've come to really appreciate horror in the last 10 years through this book. Yeah. yeah it I really agree. shows. Yeah. Go on. Well, I think interesting uh, witches in in horror are interesting, right? Because they're it's they're not you have this whole range of them in horror where yes, you're going to have them as the villain and they're going to have them putting spells on you, but you also have, you know, the love witch or season of the witch or something where there isn't it's it's more of a an empowerment thing. Yes, it's uh, that's true. And in witches uh, witches play out that the sore the story and the narrative surrounding witches play out in a lot of different genres it's a she, the witch is a very complex character so she's not a she's not a two-dimensional horror character that you might find you know like the just the the creepy freddy krueger that comes back from the grave there's a lot more to it um and what's interesting what when i do lectures on the witches and horror um what i always find interesting and no matter how many times I talk about it, is that witches we associate today with horror. That's one of the genres you say, oh, what what's the most common genre for a witch to be in? People are going to say horror. Mm -hmm. um, but witches weren't in horror till 1968. Oh, wow. Or pre wow. predominantly mm -hmm. in horror until 1968. So we had decades and decades of witch films with maybe five so you don't think that The Wizard actually... of Oz is a horror movie? Because I truly do think it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think there's a lot of young children who would agree with you on that. Yeah, that movie has been scaring me since I was a child. Those monkeys, the whole thing. It is so scary. <laughs> but you also have good witches in there as well, right? That's I think yes. that's a nice balance of that movie is you have the evil witches, but you also have the good witches. You have the yin-yang. Yes. Yin -yang. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but All yeah, right. but true, true horror. The first, there was a film in 1920s that was build as sort of build as horror um but it's it's gone you can't watch it anymore it's oh been... that's always so heartbreaking when movies are yeah. lost but it was a it's called puritan passions and it, it wasn't really billed as horror because it was a different time then of the way they were cataloging films but it definitely felt it had the it had the makings of it it, it felt like that type of film and then the next one 
wasn't until the 40s, but the two films that are classified as horror aren't really horror. They're more mystery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're not horror. And then you have a, um, you have one, I think, in the 50s, late 50s. And then you have a couple in the 60s. Of course, that's when the breakdown happens. And then 1968. And I like to say all, all hell broke loose in 1968. Yeah. <laughs> it really literally. did. Yeah. <laughs> On so many fronts, right? On I think that's so such a ripe fronts. era for so many art forms, just life. I feel like that was just like a, a big, great opening. It um, was. Yeah, right? But I think that I think across no matter what genre a witch is in, I think she's always portrayed as he or she is always portrayed as a, as a as an outsider, no matter what, you know, f f f role of witch they're you know a fairy tale witch or a horror witch or what what have you there's i think that that's the kind of the connection for me is that they're always this outsider character which can be way more interesting than the insiders always right and, and that's true and you have 90 percent of the films that is most most certainly true even when you have a film like um practical magic where there's a family of witches the it's the family they're they're negotiating that oh not only their internal politics of the family, but they're negotiating their relationships with society. So anytime you have a witch in what we would call normative society, that's exactly right. She's always in some way going to be either quirky, you know, like, like what I call clown witches, like Endora, for example, I love um, her. She's or the witch. In, uh, <laughs> yeah, she is. Or uh, one of the ones I like to laugh about is the one in what's the movie? Um, Hello again, I believe. Oh yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's the sister is a, uh, I think she's a meta metaphysical shop owner and a witch. So she's kind yeah. of quirky and goofy. She's a clown witch. So you have those kind. Um, she's got that insane Andorra energy too. Yeah. That's exactly. Amazing. That's what mm -hmm. it's a clown, the clown witch character. Mm -hmm. And then you have, you know, the scary ones, the ghost witches, like the conjuring and the, the scorned witches who have, who have come back to uh, enact revenge. So you always have even, you know, and, and then you have musicals. The Wicked is exactly about this topic, about yeah. the witch, you know, who is the outsider who turns to witchcraft, um, the woman who turns to witchcraft because she's been repressed, oppressed, abused, et cetera, list goes on. So that is the story of the witch. And I, and actually, I think that's the how I end my entire book. If you, mm -hmm. I can actually, let me just quote that for you. And oh, sure. Yeah. From the Woman Unleashed Revisited section? Yes. Yes, yes a Woman Unleashed Revisited. So mm -hmm. at the end, it, I end it saying um, it's through our own ideological experience that we recognize the witch. She is as much defined by who we are as who she is. And as a result, the witch will always be someone who is elusive, just beyond our grasp, or perhaps even ahead of our time. So yeah, she is something that is always slightly out of there the only time that's that is different is when the movie itself is completely about witchcraft um or witches and um you know you don't have the comparison you have to have a societal comparison to make that and i'm trying to think of an example of there would be like harry potter mm -hmm. um in a way although there's a little bit of that there or um which what's the one i'm thinking of um well, the Wizard of Oz would be another one. You don't really have the 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 othering there of the witch. It doesn't exist because there's witches on both sides. Right. 
Right. Yeah. They're taken as taken as matter of fact. There's witches. Yeah. This is yeah, you have a good is. witch or a bad witch. Which one are you? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's like we, they're just around us. Um, depends right. on you know where you're at. We do um, a, a lot of interviews here on the show, and it would be you would be amazed at how many people, when asked about their first memories of horror movies, mention The Wizard of Oz. So <laughs> I think it's like ninety percent. You know, I feel I mean, like The Wizard of Oz. It's not meant to be a horror movie, but there is that horrific element that I think that movie goes a little harder than most modern movies do for a kids' movie, quote unquote. Right. So I think there's such uh, stark, beautiful imagery, and I think you know because the Wicked Witch has that green skin, it's so like locked in everybody's memory. It, it is and has become one of the most influential or iconic um, elements of that movie and of witchcraft representation in general. And I and, and, and that is a thread throughout my book from from the time it's introduced through to today. Um, and, and the Wicked Witch of the West is probably the not probably is the most influential uh, American witch in our culture. Yeah. And, and that green skin is part of the reason. And yeah, absolutely. Um, she is, and I, I talk about this in the book, is that she is what we call abject. She's she's human, but she's not human. The mm-hmm. same reason that that zombies um, are so terrifying because we recognize them as us, but yet they're not us. Mm-hmm. And there's something horrifying. There's something disturbing. There's a border that's crossed that's not supposed to be crossed and that's where we get into this concept of the abject and that i talk about that in my book and how that works and how that creates that that horror space for us as as audience members yeah it's just really it really questions humanity Mm -hmm. and i like that you how you kept going back with that too and and comparing because she really is that prototype Mm -hmm. of our fear you know our worst fears kind of embodied of like ooh, you know will i be accepted or is and do do i appear strange to other people i feel like i don't know it's the ultimate um she's the ultimate outsider i love her so much for that um yeah there's a, a movie that terry and i are big fans of that we wanted to chat with you about uh about season of the witch uh, a Romero film that we feel does not get the attention that it deserves. I agree with you 100%. And you will see that through, if you follow me on <laughs> any of the, anything I do with the regards to this book, I always try to mention that movie. Yes. Um, I absolutely agree with you. I have an, I have a feature it in the book. There's actually, mm-hmm. I think even a, a still from the movie in the book. Um, it doesn't, and it's pre the zombie movies and yep. it costs like $10,000 or something. I mean, it's some it for no money. Yep. No money whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he, after it was made, the marketing was, they made it into, they tried to market it as a porn film and it's yep. not. Yep. Um, no. Hungry so Wives failed. or whatever. They had like yeah, three different yeah. titles. And, yeah. yeah. Jack's Wife was the original uh, working title. Then they marketed it as Hungry Wives mm-hmm. and then eventually re- re-released it as um, Season of the Witch, I think in 82 or something. And it is one of the, it is probably the most feminist yes. um, witchcraft film that has been produced in Hollywood. Yeah. It is. It's actually brilliant in its expression. 
I'm so glad to hear someone else say this so beautifully because we yell this from the mountaintops, Heather. Um, <laughs> we really do. I think it's it's just one of those movies that I think of both of us when we watched it because we've watched all of Romero's horror basically, and um, we've been working with the foundation we love. We love the George R. Romero Foundation dearly, and we love you know what they're doing and their mission. And just we this is why we yell about it so much, just because this movie, like you just said, it's this beautiful like feminist, you know, um, just empowering film. Um, it, it asks a lot of questions um, as much as it tries to answer some, but I, I feel like you're just left with more questions. And we just had so many conversations after it. Um, I want Julia to like direct a, a, an update of it too. I love this movie so much. And so I, I truly do. I feel like she has a great vision for it. I just, I really, anyway, we're on a campaign. Thank you for joining us. Um. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. I appreciate it. But, I, you know, I, I think it's interesting because, you know, on one hand, yes, it is about uh, witchcraft, right? And, we, and let's definitely talk about that. But then on the other hand, it's also really about, you know, women. And I think that I think this has done this better than I've seen of the kind of the anger that women feel at getting a certain age and suddenly becoming invisible, which I think is something that film doesn't talk about very much, if ever. And I feel like this film does so beautifully. Absolutely. I, I agree with you 100%. I'm totally on board with your missions. Um, <laughs> because, you know, one of the aspects of, of witchcraft, and I actually just wrote an article about this, is is that um, people who are uh, oppressed, repressed, um, abused, and, and again, that whole thing, will turn to these alternative practices, these communities, to realize their power, to realize their life, to find something to help them gain their power back, whether it's personal or otherwise. So, uh, you know, he, he captures that so perfectly and it's, it, it's spot on, you know, it, what is it? Uh, Shirley says, um, uh, all these, she's, she's talking to Joan in the movie about, about witchcraft and says, you know, there's all these people practicing it, all these repressed women, what other kind of women are there? No wonder yeah. it's so popular. Um, and, and that wasn't fiction. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, a lot of women during the second wave feminist movement did turn to alternative practices, not necessarily witchcraft. It could have been a number of different um, alternative practices that were available to them. But they they moved away from the patriarchy. They moved away from center to find something that where they could feel power because they were not feeling power. Otherwise, he captured that. Mm -hmm. um, and not only did he capture that piece, but he also was able to incorporate real witchcraft into it. What she's doing what she, what she involves herself in Joan the main character mm -hmm. is actually real witchcraft she's actually doing things that were actually being done by modern witches at the time which is another piece that's very interesting so the the movie is so it was authentic it was authentic and it was it was authentic in its expression of feminism outside mm -hmm. of witchcraft forget about that and the suburban woman the suburban middle-aged woman and as well as the expression of witchcraft itself and how often do you see films where the witchcraft portrayed is actually authentic? Oh, that's a great question, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it comes in pieces. So, so for example, um, I think that one comes the closest as a whole um, mm. in the expression of the witch herself as well as uh, the practice. Um, sometimes a lot in the 70s, we see a lot of the a lot of those horror movies in the 70s. They're so fantastic. Um, they they will have pieces uh mark of the witch for example will have pieces from books and stuff they obviously the the writers were able to pull from books at the time because witchcraft books were just getting 
published at that period of time. Um, so you see pieces, but they're not used correctly. They're used in the fi the fictitious, fictitious uh, satanic type stories, but they're authentic in those chunks. Um, the craft had mm -hmm. uh, a bunch of legitimate stuff. Of course, there's fantastical elements to it, but again, there's chunks of it that are legitimate. The craft is another good one. Um, more recently, you'll see some uh, some other pieces, uh, like for example, um, the Last Keepers, the Love Witch. Mm -hmm. uh, you see chunks. Um, yeah, we love Amanda Biller. The Love Witch is a is yeah. so oh, yeah. much so beautiful and so just her vision is so fantastic. It is, and that's another one like we're talking about a, a woman abused who turns to witchcraft to empower herself. It's another similar story. Um, but you find chunks that are legitimate, um, uh, whether it's explanations of witchcraft, like in X-Files, or whether it's a chunk of, of actual ritual, or whether it's a portrayal like uh, Frankie from in Grace and Frankie. Mm -hmm. she's, she feels very legit to me, even though she's not, the, the show is not about witchcraft. She calls herself a witch and practices a lot of stuff. She could be a member of the pagan community today. It, you would not be surprised. Huh. Um, even if she's a little over the top, um, <laughs> we love so, a little over the top. You got to be a little bit, right? Got to Hollywood it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I say to to a lot of the uh, lectures. I say people say, "Well, when when are witches going to be portrayed like we really are?" I'm like, never in Hollywood in fiction movies because right. that's boring. No one we're, is. We're yeah. really boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I think that that's I think that's one of the reasons that season of the witch is so fantastic is because yeah. George Romero was outside of the Hollywood system. He's just making that movie independently by himself in Pennsylvania. So I think that's really he can say more and do more of what he likes without the Hollywood you know Hollywoodizing up of it. Yes, and he did. I mean, he was able that he was able to capture so much nuance and um, legitimacy to the experience that, that has, it's, it's rare. Let's just put it that. And, and so I'm a big fan of that movie. Well, there you go. Three, three amazing ladies. We say watch season <laughs> of the witch. So we if all, you haven't watched it yet, what are you waiting for? Right. <laughs> we all agree. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, I would love to talk a little bit more just about like some modern stuff too, um, era too, like Charmed and things like that. What do you think the influences of those new versions of those shows are, are those getting closer to being more real or what do you, what do you think about that? Um, I think that, I think that, <laughs> I, think oh, that I was like, okay, here oh, we go. No. Oh no. Julia's know. here for the good questions. I'm here for the terrible ones. No, you're welcome. I don't, I don't know the, if the question is, are they getting more real um, in terms of practice of magic? I think they're serving a different uh, purpose. Um, I think that what they're doing more is, um, I think the attempt with Charmed revisited and a number of the nineties shows that were uh, revisited recently yeah, is more an attempt to create, to capture the modern interest in witchcraft among young people in the same way that they did back in the nineties, which doesn't work. Um, mm. So like Charmed, the original Charmed was a point in time situation and, and witchcraft was wrapped up uh, the popularity of witchcraft was wrapped in a specific social um, movement at that time, which doesn't exist today. Today's social movement around witchcraft is is different 
Um, so what they did Do you think was, that was just feeding off of the, the, the craft, that kind of movement in the 90s? Not just the craft. I think the craft was definitely a part of it. Um, but there was a, a growing girl, what, what they call girl power movement, which right. was yeah. linked to things like... Um, um, like the right girl girls. movement and all of that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was pretty much from from academics kind of from my research have a and, and this is not my center of study, but the academics sort of have a love hate relationship with it. Feminist academics, in that um, the girl power movement was in, on one side we arrived, so we we're we, we're equal now, so we can do whatever we want, kind of thing. Rejecting um, rejecting the feminist movement in general, or at the same time, it was just a a new feminist movement um right and and it was its demographics in the way it was projected in hollywood very limited so you know in terms of witchcraft you had sabrina charmed um buffy the vampire slayer the craft and for the most part we're talking about upper middle class white girls that Mm -hmm. are 16 to 18 so that's the other criticism of that movement and the way it was projected so witchcraft became wicca but it was limited it, it was limited in its its um expression um, within Hollywood. What happened more recently is that we see this, again, this diversification of how witchcraft is expressed and who's practicing witchcraft, which you see in Sabrina, the new Sabrina, right. which is, I love the new Sabrina, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's so and, good. Uh, I do too. So you see a diversification on all types of demographic levels when, in Sabrina, alone Mm -hmm. but then you say them trying to do that with charmed and um, right not as successfully sounds like not not (laughs) on your from you (laughs) from my you know i i i it was not a show that was meant for me in terms of entertainment me neither it's all right (laughs) (laughs) um i i watched one episode but um i didn't dive into it i think i could have but i didn't um but yeah, I do there's something the missing. Book, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you redo you you redo something or try to adapt it. And it, it, if it's a point in time, it, it doesn't work at another point in time. So they need, right. you know, so that may have been the failure of it. They just couldn't redo Charm. Charm was a 90s thing. They right. needed something for this generation. I think Sabrina was brilliant. I think that did it. Um, that was new and fresh enough. Mm-hmm. It broke it broke a lot of barriers. Sure. But, you know, and also, you know, we're looking at modern uh, witch in a different way. We have uh, the witch, right, which was such yeah. a huge revelation and, and, and you know, isn't focuses on witchcraft in a completely horror based way. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the witch, the witch is a brilliant movie. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I know a lot of people didn't like it because it didn't feel like a horror movie, but I think it was quite quite Ooh, horrific it's pretty horrific man <laughs> that movie is horrific uh, from the beginning to end i think pretty much yes. i mean just right. dealing with that church alone just right. anyway and, oof. you know and and this idea that witchcraft is this freedom at the end right that this yes. the religion itself has been oppressing her so hard that there's this is something to escape that yeah and then we have that same narrative once again um and and it it, it what happened around 2013 2011 and I talk about in my book sometime around then when we have this next wave of witchcraft films rather than saying like we did in the 90s hey witchcraft is okay it's not so bad it's wicked it's nature um what we're saying now is maybe the witch was right all along yeah 
and maybe we were wrong and we need to reinvestigate. And that's a lot of what we're seeing in Hollywood films anyway, regardless, even if it's not a witchcraft film where you have the backstories of, of, of villains saying, okay, we don't, we don't agree with what the Joker did, but now we know why he did it. And right. um, we're seeing that over and over, especially with this renegotiation of the witch is, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe the witch was right all along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that. I don't know if you saw the new uh, Gretel and Hansel, but I feel like that goes along that same line as well, where the witch is teach, going on to teach Gretel this power mm-hmm. that she has because she's a woman and she has these gifts. And I think it's turning that story in a really interesting direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the fractured fairy tales. And those started mm-hmm. around 2011, 2013. Once upon mm-hmm. a time, we start to see backstories. Think about Maleficent. And that's what I was just going to ask about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. We start to see this and, and it is particularly important. So the, so the, so the trying to re-engage with, with witchcraft films from the nineties, is not going to work quite the same way as it is now because now we're not interested in saying, well, forget the old stuff. Wicca is okay. Witchcraft is okay. We're not, we're going to ignore the old stuff. And I talk about this in my book, the difference. Now we're like, wait, let's look at the old things because these might be okay. These folk magics, these witchcrafts, but maybe we just didn't understand them. Let's put them in a new perspective. So it's a different mindset that the, that, um, that Hollywood has now that the relationship that we as a culture also and society have with witchcraft and magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, even just like think looking at like the last section two of your book too, of looking at the modern era of like the Disney, even taking a turn, you know, of like how they're approaching and handling their witches now. I'm like, you just talked about Maleficent, but I was just looking at like your frozen two and things like that as well. It's, I think it's super interesting how we've, how we've swung around and even places like Disney are like, no, we want to empower women. And this is another way using their powers and their spells or whatever it is to create the world that they want. Um, instead of going to be rescued by some prince, I support it. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's been, you know, that's the, that's the thread in my book. That's one of the threads I should say in my book, but that's mm-hmm. the main thread. And, and, you know, my, the, the book I wrote is, um, you know, obviously a story about our cultural relationship with magic and witchcraft through Hollywood's uh, Hollywood lens and TV. But someone said, it's also really a social history and a story mm-hmm. of American women. And I said, that's, that's exactly right. Cause I'm, cause, because 90% of witches are women and then um, that's the legacy we have with this uh, practice um, through European histories, particularly, particularly. And um, so, yeah, it is. It's a story of the a relationship with a women's power in American history, mm-hmm. um, as well as a social history of our relationship with difference um, and uh, oppression and repression as well. Has there ever been a film uh, about witchcraft directed by a witch? Not that I know of. I know they've consulted, but no one's like directed, right? All right. Well, this is a project. We need uh, someone to step up. (laughs) Show how it's really done, right? This is a call to a director witch. I'm I'm, I'm available. (laughs) (laughs) okay here we are we just uh, might have a collaboration life path (laughs) Um, there there have been consultants if there have been any if if any if any directors have been practicing witchcraft um i did not find evidence 
Is it possible? Absolutely. Sure. Uh, let us know, listeners. Let us know, listeners, if you <laughs> if you know of one, and if not, yeah. Heather, get on it, man. I want to see that. <laughs> Hook me up with some some uh, <laughs> some connections out there in LA. <laughs> so we have a question that we always like to ask everybody we interview, and we can do this is a specific. You, I think you will have the answer to this question. Uh, we always like to because we are horror movie survival guide. Like to ask how you survive specific movies. So uh, in the general if we were and i know witches have we have many different witches in very very many situations but how do you generally survive against a witch how do you survive against a witch um you don't <laughs> that's the best there's answer so many, there's so many different types of witches so um so let's say it's the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> give me a specific let's give witch. You witch. Let's give you Wicked Witch of the West since we've talked about her so much. And then she was uh, such a through line throughout your whole book. Okay. Um, let's talk about her since she's our, our, our homing beacon, um, the lovely Wicked Witch of the West. Uh, well, you just need a hose. Um, you just get a hose <laughs> yep. and you're good to go. A watering can. She's easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have a cup of water. Um, just keep it with you. A water bottle, Dasani, whatever you got. That all works. <laughs> yes. Easy. No problem. No problem. She's an easy one. I mean, there's Amazing. some other ones that are a little, if you're some witches, um, if you're a man, you're doomed. If you're a woman, you're safe. Um, right. Some witches just go straight. I'm thinking like witchcraft too. So uh, seductress. No man is safe. There's just, just call it a day. Um, you're the first one dead. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, then the ghost witches, um, usually you need a, a, a priest, uh, you know, in the conjuring and things like that. You need an extra, someone to exercise the ghost. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's how you survive that type of witch. Um, what about the witch witch? The witch witch? The witch I, mean, I, guess, witch. I guess, I mean, I guess it's Black Phillip. It's like, right? Witch. I mean, oh, Black Phillip. Yeah, you're not surviving him. He's trying to recruit you. So yeah. the only way to survive that is to join the church. So that's the that's right. the and that's the dichotomy. That's the parallel they're setting up there for you. He's that's the tension. I'm like, do I witchcraft or this this oppressive church? So right. you want to survive Black Philip, you gotta go to the church. So you gotta question you question yourself there. Yep. See, this is a tough one. Listeners, <laughs> so many. Well, that, but this is but this is the same, you know, with a lot of horror movies is you have something mm-hmm. like a vampire, but like what vampire are you talking about? From which <laughs> friend, you know, from which film? Because everybody has their different rules. And I feel, but like the, we all know the very specific vampire killing rules, right? Like you have a stake through the heart, you have sunlight, you know, but I think right. with the witch, there isn't like, oh, besides Wicked Witch of the West, like there isn't a, this is how you kill a witch or stop a witch. Like there isn't really a, a normal to go to for that. No, and there isn't because a lot of witches aren't, they're amoral. And one of my favorite horror films, and which we haven't talked about, is Pumpkinhead. Uh-huh. And the witch in Pumpkinhead sold her soul to the devil. And there's a lot of witches, these crone witches that are like, they're a, they're essentially immoral. What they're doing, they're money, money for magic. They live in the woods. You say, I want magic. You pay them. They do what you want. Mm-hmm. But she has a moral, a moral, um, purpose to say well be careful what you wish for and it's a brilliant role for the witch so the witch is a lot more complex than a lot of horror monsters um you know freddy krueger how do you survive don't go to sleep you know that's not easy it's impossible Mm -hmm. right Right. and there's a lot of um the witches are more complex than that because they 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 have a lot more um depth to who they are and why they're there and and the roles they play within narratives um so you know there's a lot of witches you don't 
you don't have to survive because they're actually not bad. Even if they're mischievous, they're not really bad. Um, so like in Pumpkinhead, you don't need to survive the witch. She's out there. And if you pay her, she'll give you some magic. Um, sure. But you also have something like the the coven from Rosemary's Baby, where you really literally can't escape because everybody's a member. <laughs> like, right. They have like, surrounded your entire life and you cannot yeah. escape. And that's the fear of that. You can't escape. That's the, that's the story of a lot of those 70s horror movies. You want to you want to keep away from that from the witches of Rosemary's Baby? Don't eat the chocolate mousse. I mean, yeah. that's the bottom line. If if your neighbor is it offers you chocolate mousse and you live in New York City, yeah, just say no. Just say no. Mm-hmm. You know, this is survival. <laughs> this is, no, this is what we're talking about. Horror movie survival guide tips. This is what we love. Many many so, tips. Many many tips here. <laughs> so please, Heather, tell us, uh, tell the listeners where they can find you online and uh, where they can find your book, which Terry and I both read and read and had such a good time. Thank you for letting us read it. It was yeah. so interesting to look at witches from this very specific academic cinematic angle. I also oh, looked well. very cool by the pool when I read it. It was amazing. So thank you. I, I, made, I made new friends. They were like, ooh. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love to hear that. Well, I'm glad you both enjoyed it and read it. Um, you can get it from all major retailers. I have it um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, et cetera. Um, also from my publisher directly, Llewellyn.com. Um, they have it available for sale there. And... Um, you can find me at my website, which is heathergreen.net. I have to clarify because there is a heathergreen.com. No, heathergreen.net. Um, and there you can um, find links to all of my socials and um, links to all the you know, places I'm, I'm going to appear, um, as well as my journalism articles, um, which I do, which pop up you know, monthly. Usually I'll do one or two a month. I'll have an article. Um, and hopefully have a couple coming up soon um, on witchcraft and modern witchcraft and, and whatnot. Those do are the you, places I'm on Twitter mostly, Marisolina01. And do you have uh, a, now an idea to do another book that's focused on European cinema or world cinema about witchcraft? You know, that would be interesting. I'm actually thinking about focusing on voodoo if I do another one because that's Ooh, all yes. interesting. It's an adjacent topic and I touch on it a little bit and I get a lot of questions on it. And it was something I wanted to do. I set aside to potentially look into doing um, as a book. Um, and now I'm starting thinking, okay, I get asked a lot of questions on it because it's really an adjacent topic, right. but it's it's different, but it's adjacent. And so I'm like, yeah, I want to do this. So that's the possibility. European world uh, may be down the line. Okay. They, we're, we're planting seeds for projects yeah. here today yeah. is what we're doing. We'll, 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 keep on, we'll keep on top of that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've also got to, got to direct a witchcraft film too, per your uh, last comment. Correct. So. Correct. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. We're, we're just stacking up the projects. So yeah. we'll I love be, it. You're we'll, welcome. Our people will be in touch with your people very soon. Um, we'll coordinate something together. We'll get you out here to Hollywood. Okay, Heather? Thank I, you I'm, so I'm, much. I'm there. I've got to play a play. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. And thank you listeners for joining us again for another episode of Horror Movie Survival Guide. You can find us on all the social medias, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the good things. Um, you can also check out our Patreon for bonus content. Um, you can also um, get some merch on our Teespring store. So um, thank you again to Heather. Thank you all uh, fabulous Disco Citizens for listening. And we'll catch you again next week. We love you, Disco Citizens. Whoa. Thank you for listening. 
Horror Movie Survival Guide is independently produced by Terry Gamble, Julia Marchesi, and Sierra Ryan. Hey, that's me. If you would like to support the show, find us on patreon.com slash horrormoviesurvivalguide.